Hello, we are back with part two of interviewing our very special guest. Back on the show, we have Dove Crawford. Mm. Now remember, you can oh. say like, hey, it's good to hey, be here. it's good to be here. Because <laughs> I can't see you. Let's yeah. practice that again. Okay. Dove Crawford. Hey, it's good to be here. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now we do this. You want to do it? You're listening to the Fight for Together podcast. Okay, um, for those of you who are new to this scene, Dove is my 18-year-old daughter. She's our oldest, and she's blonde. And um, we are in the process of... Well, first of all, we only have 45 minutes today, right? Because you got stuff to do. Mm-hmm. So we're, I'm really glad to have you back on. But we're going to get right to it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the podcast um, part of this sh- like channel, so which means that you can listen to it on anywhere you get your podcasts if you would rather do that, like on iTunes or Spotify or Google things. Um. And we are continuing a conversation that we had last week on episode 51, where we're in the middle of debriefing our discussion about what it was like to have no rules in 2019 for the kids. I think that Dove was probably impacted the most by this. Would you agree with that? Of all of our kids. Um, I don't know, because I turned 18, like, pretty early on in the year. I don't know how much that would have affected me. Get in there, girl. I don't know Make how love much... to the microphone. I don't know how Pretend much... Pretend like it's uh, uh, peppermint mocha. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how much that would have affected stuff. I think it would have affected stuff because just because you are 18 in our house, we weren't just going to be like, freedom. <laughs> There's still going to be rules, I think. I mean, I've never done this parenting before, thing before, so I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. But either way, um, so we talked a lot last week. I don't remember what we talked about. That was a long time ago. Yeah. You'll have to go back uh, and listen to that yeah. if you want. Um, but one of the things we didn't cover that we're going to be covering today that I'm really excited about is the observations that you made in this year, specifically as it pertains to your friends or relatives, peers, peers. Um, and I think it makes for some really interesting observations. I have a wide array of like friends with different parenting styles. So let's, how about in your words, because I talk all the time on this mm-hmm. show. How about in your words? Why don't you share? Because I, I want to review to people. Not everyone knows our story. Mm-hmm. So I want to share like your version of how our f- friendships and even family relationships have changed over the last, like, let's just say, three to five years. With the whole getting kicked out. Yes, stuff. because that has a lot to do with, right. I think, um, why 
well, a lot of the stories, that background is important for today. Yeah. Um, yeah, I see it as like we stopped jumping through hoops and people thought didn't, were uncomfortable with that or thought we were going to hell because of that or thought it wasn't godly or just like sometimes me and Seven Evil joke that they didn't vibe with it. <laughs> and so kind of really painfully one by one and for like under different kind of reasons, at least up front, and like it seemed like different circumstances, but at the root of it, I think it was kind of all the same. Stop seeing us and it was really, really hard for at least two years. And now what's really hard is like um, some of those families, kids aren't allowed to see us. And they're like our age. There's like, we have some 17 year old teenager friends who just aren't allowed to see us. And if they're not like not allowed, they're heavily discouraged because their parents, uh, what I've heard is their parents saying like nothing really good can come of it or it's too risky or yeah, stuff like that. That's what I've heard at least. So that sucks. Because it's like, even from the fact that we can't hang out or like they can't form their own opinions about us, it's just like, like what? Like, how, how, why are you controlling who your kid is hanging out with like that? I don't know. It, it seems, I know it doesn't seem as bizarre to a lot of people, I don't think, to like, like, I've seen it in books and movies, like, people tell their kids not to hang out with certain people all the time, but it's, like, the more I think about it, the more I'm, like, that's so weird, especially when they get older, I don't know. So, to share um, a summary from a parent's perspective, and to plug our other podcast, Essentially, three to four years ago, we were kind of kicked out of a church community, very low-key kicked out. It wasn't advertised to us. There was no official charges brought to our face. A lot of talk behind our back. And we tell this entire story over at the Everyone Belongs podcast. It's a longer series, but if you want to get to the interesting stuff, start around episode five. Um, and basically, all these people that we're, we're living in community with, including family were all of a sudden like gone and it actually wasn't all of a sudden it was like kind of over the course of 12 months they just like kind of fully slow they kind of disappeared without telling us Um, in fact a lot of them said that they were totally cool with us but we just noticed we were on the outside we go for it also get in there get in for the first like i don't know maybe year or something i really was resentful towards my mom and dad i think because I was like, I kind of knew that it was like they needed to do it and it was toxic what they were participating in. Like they, they had explained that to me. We need to, we needed to do what? Like separate themselves. Like first, well, for some of the families, we initiated the like break at least. And that was really like, and I know 
I know now that that wouldn't have been, it would have just been like prolonged maybe. Um, but because we initiated some of the breaks, really it was just like two or three. I was like really like, that was really hard because it felt like it was in our control. Um, so you blamed us for basically losing some friendships. Yeah, or just like thinking that it could have been done a different way, which I don't know, maybe it could have been, but I don't, like, I think it's worth it now just to, like, for how, like, I see now, like, it's, like, back then it just sucked, the, it didn't seem worth it, it didn't seem worth it to be excluded and, like, whatever, just because we believe different things. Now I think it, like, it still sucks sometimes, like, especially just, yeah, being a kid and not really having a say a whole lot of a say now I do but like at the beginning I didn't um it, but I don't know now it's more like I can see what we escaped from and I have more of a perspective but for the first like year or something it was so when that happened you're 18 now let's just subtract four years so you were about 14 when a lot of your friendships actually physically geographically left mm-hmm. people moved on our block and left and you're obviously not driving at this time. Mm-hmm. So people are moving away, and you have no phone, no driver's license, and these people aren't talking to us as adults. So that basically means you're not talking to the kids. Yeah, there's a few families I really, really one in particular. I would bike three miles to their house twice a week. I did that for about nine months and then that and then we went on the Appalachian Trail but I would yeah so, but I'm, what I'm trying to do then is like basically paint a picture right, right yeah. because then things started to change and it seemed like it's about a year or two ago that you got a well you, you got your driver's license more recently but you started to figure out transportation mm-hmm. you learned how to take Ubers you got a phone um, and you started to get in touch with some of these people Yes. And you started to hang out with them. Mm -hmm. And that's when it kind of got interesting, right? Right. Because, okay, so what did you see with... with... Some of them were my relatives. And that was interesting because there was, like, a lot of stuff kind of to work through before I felt like we could even have, like, a friendship. Because we've just been told two completely different narratives... And it was tough because I felt I just had to, like, be really, really, like, on the listening end. And I had to be really, like, I couldn't really state my opinion if I wanted to have a relationship with them in the beginning, especially. Um, And that was kind of tough. Because the narrative they had been told was so different from the one that we believed. Yeah. And the narrative that they were told is, like, like just, it was so, like, I remember hearing these things that they thought about my dad and being, like, yeah, if I believed that, then I would, like, I would totally not, I don't know, I, I, I they, they made him sound like the devil or, like, a monster or something, and, like, I hadn't even been told that about. Sometimes you think that, too, just to be clear, right? <laughs> no, just, like annoying sometimes like uh anyways 
But, like, I hadn't, like, I had never been told. I had been told some things had happened or some family members had spread some rumors, excluded us from some things, yada, yada, yada. But I'd never been told about, like, some family members that they had, like, a mental illness, disability, where they couldn't, like, experience empathy or, like, that they were, like, practicing this one verse in the Bible and, like, they that this one verse told us to stay away from them or all this stuff. And I was, like, so it was really hard because, like, I was kind of, yeah, I was kind of mad at the family members for doing this stuff, but I didn't actually think that they were, like, horrible, horrible, like, I don't know, like, inhuman, I guess. All right, so you worked through that, though. We worked through that, yeah. But then, so what I want to focus on for this podcast, because you're getting into some of the spiritual stuff, which I actually think is really fascinating, and that would go on our other channel. Right. But But to specifically talk about the no rules and the parenting aspects, Mm -hmm. what you started to observe is basically some of these kids are hanging out with you, and like you kind of said a few minutes ago, they're not really always allowed to oh yeah so tell me what that part like what did that look like weird they like it's kind of um they don't want my mom and dad to know but the kids who aren't allowed to hang out with us but it's like there's no reason for them not to other than that they think they're horrible people because like they won't tell their parents (laughs) because they're not talking to each other but, like, and then it's just so weird that we have to, like, plan it out and, like, be super sneaky and, like. So, paint some pictures. Like, t- tell okay, me some stories fine. of, like, um, what hanging out looks like. So there and we're not going to mention names. Yeah. There was this one time where I was going to hang out with one of my relatives. Uh, we meet pretty regularly. He's, whatever. Uh, it's really fun whenever we do meet up. And... They have a friend who uh, we've been I've known for a really long time, and we like kind of grew up together. But of course, with this whole whatever drama, we haven't really seen each other the last five years very often. Um, my relative was like, "Oh, they're over tonight. We really want to see each other, but like, not allowed." What if we, like, accidentally, coincidentally met up at the movie theater and, like, it was total coincidence or something? And, like, we would only be able to watch a movie and maybe we'd be able to talk, like, afterwards or something. But, like, like that is, like, what I, I, I was like, oh, yeah, that, that's I, – I don't know. I don't, I don't know, like, what – how much in trouble they would get, but it sounds like a lot. I don't know if, like, it's just a lot for everything, but, like, they were, I was like, oh, yeah, but we don't actually have to see a movie, and they were like, no, we have to see a movie, like, we have to be in the movie theater, and I was like, oh, okay, (laughs) um, cool, and so that was an example, and then just, like, I'm pretty sure there was an event we were invited to with that whole group and, like, kids who were able to hang out with us, I'm pretty sure they weren't. I maybe not. I don't know if they were allowed to go there while we were gonna be there. We only went like twice. But the bottom but... line is, there's numerous people from numerous families that have hung out with you guys in this year that aren't allowed to. At least three. And they're all hiding. And, and they're yeah. all hiding it from their parents. 
Yes. And can you please share some of the, because you talk about this all the time, like it kind of drives you crazy, the different control mechanisms that you see in place that these parents are doing to their kids? They like will track their phones. They'll like, if they don't call or if they don't answer their phone, as soon as they call, they're like, they're done. They're, they're done. Uh, (laughs) And just like, there's a curfew, which I don't don't know if that's a problem or not, but just like, it's so ironic. And okay, this is funny. Some of these kids aren't allowed to see us, but they'll be watching our podcasts and our vlogs before I even do. Like Like when I, how I first heard about the mega podcast that went out that kind of made a lot, pissed a lot of people off was through one of the people who whose families are like not like don't like us and like and you heard about it from the kid we heard about it from the kid so they're not allowed to see us but they're watching our podcast they're probably not allowed to watch the podcast either but they're just doing it it's just so like screwed up or it's just so like there's no stopping it like why do you even so what's screwed up about it what do you mean it's just it's just such an illusion like of control really and like it's not just with us it's just like in general like they're going to so what are the age ranges of these kids just so people to give people an idea the oldest kid i know who's very you don't have to be specific but just whatever uh is like 17 okay so you're talking about over the age of 13 yeah and yeah so and some of these kids are like driving right and they have jobs right and they have their own phone Mm -hmm. but they all live at home right but their phone is like not really theirs it gets taken away from them and i don't know if their car can be taken away from them but it's just like everything's they're not in really they're not in control of anything really and what's really sad the saddest is like i have some friends who are like pissed off about it and like who really don't like it and i what like are just like they re- they see that it makes no sense. They're like, why? Like, I have one friend who's like, my parents want me to tell them stuff, but then if I tell them stuff, they use that information and create bound like rules for me. And it's like, why would I want to tell them stuff? It's just gonna create more of a cage for me. And so they see that, which sucks for them. But then I get, have friends who like, they get pissed off initially by it, but then they're like, oh, but they're probably right like I probably like shouldn't have control over my phone or like I had this one friend who was like if my dad suggests that I want to get to the point of respect for my dad that if he suggests that I don't go out somewhere one night that I listen to him like right away or something like that and I was like oh okay like it's just so like so what do you what's the problem you have with that I think dads are pretty cool guys. Yeah, yeah. but I think instead of, like, buckling down on your kid until they reach a certain age, 18 or whatever, and then they are, like, make decisions for themselves from then on out, if you, like, teach them or give them, like, some freedom to make decisions while while it's not as serious or, like, they they feel like they can come to you, or they can like think for themselves. Like their whole life, it, it's not gonna be like that. They're not gonna ask their dad every single time, like call him up and be like, "Hey, do you think I should go to this party tonight?" I like, just like so like unrealistic. 
And like, I, I think respect is like good, but also forming your own opinion is like really hard for some kids, especially. And like, it's really hard to like learn to trust yourself. And if you just have no confidence in yourself, it's like, how do you even, how would you even train your own kids? Like, I don't know. Well, I think people confuse respect and fear too. A lot of these kids and a lot of parenting is, um, revolves around creating fear through consequences. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean a kid respects you. It means a kid's afraid of you. How, how I think maybe you really know if a kid respects an adult or maybe more accurately respects an adult's opinion is if they seek that opinion out Mm -hmm. and if they want it when they don't have to. That's when you would know, not when they do it because they have to. Right. So what I find really fascinating about this, and then we'll get back to more stories, Mm -hmm. is with the whole no rules experiment, I think a lot of people were like, you guys are crazy. As if we don't care about our kids or care about their Mm well-being. But that was never our philosophy was like, oh, we don't care. That's why we're doing no rules. We're just being lazy. Mm -hmm. It was because we've seen how rules work Mm -hmm. or rather how they don't work. You were, yeah, and you wanted a different goal other than control. Yeah, or temporary obedience. Yeah. Or even the illusion of obedience. Because what's ironic about this is these parents that are clamping down, it's like their kids, you know, they're squeezing and their kids are being squeezed out in between their fingertips. They're like, Mm -hmm. they're worming their way out. And Mm -hmm. kids will do, I mean, if you think about I'm, I'm talking to our audience now, not you. But for yeah. me, if you think about your childhood and what you wanted, you you basically did what you wanted. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I collected garbage pail kids. You probably don't know what those are. Yeah, I do. Oh, you do? Because of you. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I probably wasn't allowed to have those. But I just like hid them under my bed. Yeah. Um, and then. And if I, I know for a fact, like if you guys even still parented the same way you did, like not even like a long time ago. But like maybe five years ago, I would have revolted so hard. And I wouldn't like it's even like I know I'm spoiled because like, I don't know. But it's even hard for me to talk. Like it's hard enough to talk about stuff I just don't want to talk about. But on with the added fact that I could get in trouble for it or it could be like taken something could be taken away from me or like. But if that's not your goal is to have your kids be open with you, if it's just control, then like. So I think, a, I think a lot of parents, they, they feel like bad parents if they're not at least attempting to control their kids, mm-hmm. which it is an attempt. And that's what I'm trying to show you. These people that we're talking about, because we know all the parents, and we discuss parenting for really the greater part of a decade, if not longer, with them, mm-hmm. participating in trainings and teachings and all sorts of fucking whatever. Mm-hmm. They are not lackadaisical parents. Mm-hmm. They are, some most of them are self-employed, meaning they work from home, are stay-at-home parents, basically treating parenting as their full-time job. Yeah, they leading, see it as like they're raising the next kingdom of God. Leading classes on and, and websites on how to raise family yeah. and teaching retreats and like leading podcasts on family stuff. So they're not like the, they're not out to lunch, but even with their full attention and deliberation and some of these people are absolutely brilliant i mean they're millionaires i know because i've been like friends with them over the years Mm -hmm. their kids are outsmarting all of them Mm -hmm. 
And I know as a kid, no matter how hard my parents tried, I still watch WWF wrestling. No, like if they said like, no, on this TV, I found a way at another TV or a friend's house, or I just like made it work because it's what I cared about. Uh-huh. And because I wasn't allowed, I just never watched wrestling with my parents was how it ended up. Uh, when we weren't allowed to eat sugar before we turned 13, I think I was like 12. I think it was literally like weeks before my birthday, I came out. But I realized that whenever we got gifts, we were allowed to eat our gifts if it was candy or something like that. So me and my friend Reese, we would buy each other candy as a gift <laughs> so that we could eat it. Brilliant. And then like, and there was like a, for her at least, it was like she was allowed to have mints or something. So she got like Mintos and then she got the f- different flavored Mintos. We could do like a little bit of this. <laughs> um, it's just like, yeah, I don't know. Like you, But even that, we didn't even have to try because we could have just bought candy like the store is down the street so the question to me isn't so much do you care about your kids it's one what do you care about Mm -hmm. do you care about feeling like a good parent or trying to feel like you're a responsible parent Mm -hmm. um which is actually more in the best interest of the parent than it is a kid so i think actually a lot of the rules we create they're to look good to other parents basically or to pat ourselves on the back and be like oh i'm doing a good job Mm -hmm. And the second thing is, are the tools that we're using actually working? Mm-hmm. And from a lot of your stories. Um, yeah. Like I have some kids who say that their parents are saying like it's for their safety and stuff. Like even just like emotional boundaries or something like that. Or just like not even like, oh, you have to be back by a certain time. Like it's like you can't. Like, they can't hang out with us because we might, like, brainwash them or something like that. Um, They didn't use brainwash, but they said, like, turn or something. Um, It just, like, like, it's it's so, like, mind-boggling to me. Like, what, what the parents think, like, if, say, like, if it's for their safety for them to not hang out with us. What at what age would it be safe for them to hang out with us or something like that? It's just like, or that's a bad example because maybe they never want them to hang out with us. But it's like, at what age are they allowed to like dating? Like, they people kids have or parents have an age limit for dating. It's like, what age under the age of like power that you have, which is like eighteen? Like, when you turn eighteen, you're not all of a sudden like smart with dating. I feel like, and it's just it. And that's, like, one of the biggest things, were like, with food, um, when I was allowed to eat whatever I want wanted when I was 13. Oh, is your ear pierced? Yeah. How long has it been pierced? This has been since August. Oh. Oh. And this has been since two weeks ago. I pierced it myself. That top one's always covered in hair. Yeah. All right. Anyways. Um, Hang on. Oh, wrong one. Sorry, that happens sometimes. Uh, that's for the ear piercing. Okay. Uh, when I turned 13, we were, I think one of the strictest things you guys were about, or were with, were strict about with, is food. And so, like, when I turned 13, for the next two years. Can you, can you explain how we were strict about food for people that don't know? Um, no sugar except for on Shabbat's and... 
um, for like when we were younger, if we had food on our plate, we had to finish all the food on our plate. If we didn't, we didn't get the next meal. We, there was a lot of sneaking with sugar when I was younger. Like I would sneak chocolate chips all the time and we get in trouble for that. There was one time we snuck Halloween candy and we had to eat candy for an entire day. That happened like three times. <laughs> that was classic. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. I don't know if it really worked. Or I, I would just remember being like, I don't like being treated like this, but I like the candy. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, um, so for until I was like 15, I like went nuts with candy. Like really, really nuts. Like, I don't know. I, I could eat. Like a thing of Sour Patch Kids, sing it. Thing what kind of, of thing? Like a like a fifty nine cent Sour Patch Kids or like a ninety nine cent? A dollar fifty nine. Oh, like the so we're talking like the full twelve ounces. Yeah, and then like that was easy, gone in like an evening with like other candies too. Like there's like a bag of jelly beans I could eat. I could like time it. None none of it would last a day. I could down it so quickly and I didn't really eat any other food when I was doing that I remember being like trying to ration it out so that I could eat other food that I liked for like dinner and stuff but I couldn't like resist because I wouldn't be hungry for dinner and I just went nuts for and I, I there were certain times where I was like oh it's finally dying down and then it, no it would not it went for like two years it was like that I think I spent so much money on it. I don't even want to, like, think about it. But, and it was just sugar. And because sugar was, like, the thing we were most strict on. And I, like, really like sugar in general. And now it's finally, it finally, like, chilled out. Where, like, I don't, I don't know. It's just a lot, way, 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 way less. And I just can't imagine if, like, if they had been strict on it. Same with movies, actually that happened with movies because you guys were not even that strict but just like movies were like a rarity and a scarcity and like anyways um I just can't imagine if that had happened when I was like 18 like how how like depressing and like how much more consequences there would have been with me like dealing with all these life problems on top of just being addicted to sugar and like spending so much money on it now um <clears throat> And, like, I don't know. That's just how I see, like, with these kids who aren't allowed to use their phones whenever they want. They're not allowed to. They have to ask before they drive places, which is, I don't know. And they have to ask or they can't hang out with certain people. They have to be back at a certain time. They're, like, some of them, like, can't eat food. or they just so many limitations and rules. It's, like, it's just, it's going to be interesting to see how they live outside of those rules like how are they gonna like function because especially those who think like they're good for them like they're the kids who think that the rules are good for them it's just gonna be interesting like i don't know maybe well, they, be... uh, they obviously don't think that they're that good for them if they're breaking i know them. it's so we it's so weird because like so even if they're giving a lip service and they're mm-hmm. saying oh my parents love me and these are great rules yeah you have to look at the evidence of the action there to was, know what I the know. kids really think they're like the kid the kids who would like sneak out to see us in the same breath of the night would be like oh yeah i i hope to like get to the point where like just they just think it's all for like best like i'm like 
Well, that yeah, that type of uh, glorification of parents. I think we talked about that last yeah. week a little bit, and um, you know, I think in the Christian world, that's highly emphasized on an intellectual pursuit. I'm trying not to make noise. That's the thing. That's why I took the cup away from me. Um, so, um, yeah. What I want to I want to emphasize this again though, because I have a feeling people are not are going to miss the message on this, and they're going to think that I'm saying um, rules are stupid, or having opinions is stupid, or kids should be able to do whatever they want. That is not what this is about. I to this day seeing my kids eat candy drives me crazy. I think it's bad for them. I think it's one of the worst things on the planet. I would be much happier if there was no candy in America. But the question for me is, as a parent, how do I assert my influence and my desires in a way that benefits my child over the long run? And what we've found is that when you just ban candy, it actually doesn't get a child to conclude that candy is bad for them. In fact, it makes it almost more desirable, and then it attaches shame to the candy, which actually becomes its own addiction in itself. So not only are you excited by the candy, but now you're excited by the sneaking. And what we noticed is when we took the rules away, the shame and the sneaking went away. And then you guys are just left with these decisions, which kind of isolate into how much candy can I eat or do I want to eat or can I afford? Mm And, and you guys are, and we can even like talk about those things with you. Mm-hmm. So what I've observed with these kids that are sneaking around, hanging out with the bad kids, which is so weird to say because there are kids <laughs> labeled as the bad kids, is we, we let you guys hang out with whoever past a certain age, past the age of 13 now. And, and you guys come back and you talk to us about all of it. I feel like, Mm -hmm. I mean, not all the time, but with different parents at different times, like I have a pretty high confidence level that we know what's going on in our kid's life. And I like that. I like being able to know what's going on. I like being asked questions when my kid, I mean, like uh, seven today took me out and was asking me questions about dating and about friends and about situations that he's in that, you know, I never talked to really with my dad. Um, And I just don't hear about these conversations happening. Like normally it's this awkward thing where the parent has to go and ask the kid these questions and set up these awkward conversations. Our kids are coming to us very consistently. And I like it that way. Now, on the other side, what you are experiencing with these other people is they're hanging out with you. And from what I hear, for some of them, as you can imagine, because you're the bad kids and they're seeking you out, hanging out with you guys is like the highlight of their week. (laughs) Right? I mean, you hear these stories about how They're making these major sacrifices and compromising these major things in their life just to be with you. It's like, you know, I think in some ways you guys are the sacred object. That's what Peter Rollins calls it. Like it's it's the R-rated movie. It's the thing you can't do and all of a sudden Mm -hmm. you want to do it. We, our family is that in this community in a weird way. Mm -hmm. And I don't think the parents realize like when you build bigger walls around the sacred object, it makes you want the sacred object more. And when you decide to go after it, the last thing you're going to do is talk to the people who supposedly have more wisdom and care for you than anyone else on the planet. You're, you're not going to talk to them because you don't trust them. And it's weird, like, with the kids, it's harder because they, like, they believe what their parents say about us. 
Um, I don't know, like, if they... Yeah, I, so they don't... So they believe it. I don't think they think the kids are bad, but maybe they do. I don't know. They, but they're just like, it's like a guilty pleasure thing. I don't know. But, like, it's funny that I've... The stories I've heard from the adults who have been, like, the, like, young families and, like, people, just grown people who have been warned against us, when they meet us, they're like, oh, like... You guys are not, like, what we thought you were, like, based on, like, what people told us. I just heard some stories of people being like that. And, like, I don't know. That's kind of interesting to me because, yeah, it's, like, they're, they, it's, like, and the, it feels like some people, like, just want to find out for themselves. Like, wow, what are, how bad are these Crawfords, like? Well, yeah, I mean, I want to give a little bit of context here. I don't know why. I don't don't know if I'm defending myself or I just want to show how ironic it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I I didn't really miss a day of school, you know, in my entire high school. I'm the kid that wore Christian t-shirts to school every day. (laughs) Um, I didn't, you know, I didn't have sex till the day I got married. I had my first alcoholic drink probably around the age of 25. I didn't do drugs for, what, 35 years, or I smoked pot the first time in Amsterdam when it was legal, so I didn't do any partying. Um, so, what is that noise? Oh, that's here. Jeez. Um, <laughs> so I, you know, I was like, I watched uh, five minutes of Schindler's List during a Christmas break, and then I turned myself into the Bible College men's dean because we weren't allowed to watch R-rated movies. So that's... That's like the soil I come from. Now, the last five years, I don't want to paint a picture like I'm a goody two-shoes because I've basically left all that religious code behind. Um, but but our kids, you know, okay, you guys have some freaking potty mouths, right? We can say that. <laughs> um, you guys, even, do you do drugs? No. Uh, you smoke cigars. Okay. Um, alcohol? No. No. Um, we're not going to get into sex. Um, what else is there? Stealing. You steal from me, like my candy sometimes, <laughs> I've noticed. Yeah. Um, but we tell you when you ask us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so, so our kids, like, I know them pretty well, and I'm not, like... I mean, I don't want to call you good kids because that verbiage doesn't really even resonate with me. Mm-hmm. But, like, when I think that our kids are the bad kids that people are afraid of, I'm like, holy fuck. Like, what kind of world? I mean, you guys are all friends with each other. You're best friends with your siblings. For Christ's sake, Eden invites the principal and her algebra teacher to our Christmas party, and they show up. <laughs> okay, so that's, like, we're hey. friends with the police officers somehow in this town. I don't know how, but I had two police officers wave to me that all know us for some reason. Like... Okay, so by one person's account, we're like upstanding citizens. Like I get three comments a day on our Appalachian Trail YouTube video. Be like, you guys are the quintessential view of family. You know, we want to be you. And then we have people that are basically making it their life's work to protect their children from us. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying, I don't want to get into the religious stuff. I'm just talking about the irony. Yeah. Of how, and that's what, so this Alfie Cohn guy, who we recommended last year, who wrote the book Unconditional Parenting, and those links are in the description to that book, you know, he said in this lecture that we watched this last week that you were part of, he said, 
most of the things parents make rules for are not actually for safety. They're for, do you remember? Control. Yes. They're about control. And as a parent, the hardest thing to give up is not letting your kids actually go into what's dangerous. Like mm-hmm. curfew is not about danger. Mm-hmm. Even Sour Patch Kids in a way. Um, but it's actually about giving up control. And this is like my challenge to our audience given Dove's stories, which there's just like so, I mean, you didn't even like touch on. Mm-mm. You know, we've been hearing about these weekly for a year or two now. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more we try and control our kids, I think, first of all, the less you actually succeed. And it's like a full-time job as a parent. It just, they make, and they make the kids so smart about, like, lying and sneaking and, like, like, yeah, some of the things, some of my friends, I'm like, oh, wow, that's a really smart way to get around stuff because they just have to think. And, like, I don't have to, so I'm, like, kind of dumb about it. It's like when you see the types of stuff that people in prison make out of toilet paper right, you'd yeah. be like amazed i mean they make these dice that are like they're paper mache because it's like illegal to gamble yeah but what are they gonna do like yeah. sit there and start at the fucking wall so no they make they get super creative about breaking all the rules yeah um but this is why this is so important to me because i'm not trying to just shit on the rules or mm-hmm. these parents or any religion but this channel is actually about it's called fight for together because we are obsessed with trying to figure out and live in a way that will guarantee the highest success rate of being in relationship with our children over the long run. And when we control our kids, I think you have to choose if you want rules and control or if you want intimacy and relationship. And what I see with a lot of these parents and and the past versions of ourselves, because I am not going to say we were any better. And I don't think it's a moral thing. I think it's just a choice thing. And, and one one type of parenting breeds one kind of result in relationship. And I'm not even talking about good and bad kids. I'm even talking about the relationship itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you guys know, like, as adults, we have those friends in our life that when we go and talk to, we know they're going to give us a sermon or uh, you should this, or you should that, or they're going to look down their nose at us and basically parent us. And we avoid those people as adults. Mm-hmm. So, of course, our kids are going to avoid those versions of us as parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the message that we've learned and seen in some really funny ways. I mean, the stories are just like when the kids come home from a late night hanging out and... The stories are just crazy. Like our kids are going and having pizza and talking. It's like a normal Tuesday. And these other kids, it's like fucking Mission Impossible. Like, uh, you know, the stories of espionage and sneaking out and how many text messages had to be avoided and programs subverted on phones and Uh lies made up. And I'm like, I think that's sad. But I also, I don't blame the kids and I don't even blame the parents but I see what the system creates and what it breeds. And that's why I thank God for this experiment that we were able to participate in that highly informed the type of style and what's possible for our relationship with our kids. Mm-hmm. We got one minute. Look, 44. Okay, so what do you want to say? Hurry up. Um, I thank you for watching. <laughs> <laughs> 
if you want to control your kids. I gotta say stuff too, so you gotta just, to... just, uh, never mind. I don't know. You're not gonna succeed probably <laughs> unless you like have a bunch of Edens. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. 27 seconds left. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, we'd appreciate hearing your comments in the YouTube video. If you want to talk about this stuff more in depth, there's a fight for together Facebook page that is in the description where we can discuss these topics and more. Um, yeah. And leave a comment if you liked hearing Dove on the podcast, our special guest. <laughs> We're at 45 minutes. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Fight for Together. We'll see you next time.